When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search. But what if you could get rid of the search and just match? You can with Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Let's jump into Peppa's world of play. Look for spring flowers, hunt for muddy puddles, and bravely explore exciting places with Peppa play sets. Peppa Pig, inspiring kid confidence. Welcome to the Inside NC State Athletics Podcast. Powered by PNC Bank, the official bank of NC State University and Athletics. Now, here are your hosts, Tony Haynes and Jeff Grabley. We are so delighted to have you with us. This is the Inside NC State Athletics Podcast, powered by PNC Bank. I'm Tony Haynes. My podcast partner, as usual, is Jeff Grabley. And when we, invited a, when we invite a guest on this podcast, we want to bring in somebody who's going to educate us, inspire us, entertain us, make us laugh, make us think. Uh, Every now and then, however, we fall short of those goals. I'm happy to say we're not falling short today because, Jeff Gravely, I would say we hit a home run with our guest on the podcast this week. I see what you did there. I, I, I see what you did there. That's a, that's a good move, Tony Haynes. Yeah, we have uh, uh, the legend himself, Mr. NC State, Elliot Avent, the head coach of the Wolfpack baseball team, joining us today. And Coach, we always talk about numbers of the podcast. So for Tony and I, this is our 47th podcast. It started a year ago. So we look up and see who are famous athletes who have worn number 47. So today on the list, you got Mel Blunt, who was the defensive back for the Pittsburgh Steelers. That was pretty good. But the two that rose to the top are baseball guys. And I figured, you know, we got Coach Avon on today. We got to have baseball guys as number 47. So the first selection is Jack Morris, uh, World Series MVP, Hall of Famer. 
You remember 1991, the great year he had with the Twins, the only year he pitched for the Twins. They win the World Series. He goes lights out in the finals against the Atlanta Braves to beat them. But my selection as number 47 is a left-hander himself, Tom Glavin, out of the Braves rotation, uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. Um, I, I think 305 wins in his career. So, Coach, that's our selection today. We're going with the Braves and the Mets pitcher, Tom Glavin. I love it. I love it. You couldn't be much better than that trio of Glavin, Maddox, and Smoltz. And, uh, boy, for years they just uh, made it made it fun for the people in Atlanta to uh, be a Braves fan and uh, all across the southeast for that matter. And uh, so that's two pretty good selections right there. Hit your spots, man. Hit your spots. That's exactly what they were able to do. I would say Jeff, or I would say that Glavin, Tom Glavin, um, changed the strike zone more than any pitcher I remember because you're, all those years everybody knew he wasn't throwing strikes. If they give him two inches off the plate, then he'd take three, and then he'd take four, and he was so good at it, they'd uh, they'd give him the call. But I think at some point uh, Major League Baseball started examining the Tom Glavin strike zone, and they actually decided to go back to throwing strikes. Well, you see it that way, uh, Coach. Uh, in college, there was a time when catchers just set up off the plate, probably a good four or five inches. And as long as it hit the catcher in the middle of the chest, uh, it was a strike. And uh, some teams got very good at it. I remember Florida State got very we, – we would send video to the, to the office, conference office, and it was just amazing the strikes that they would get. Uh, but uh, anyway, yeah, we went through that here. It's gotten better. But it's interesting as you go to a series with umpires, and all the umpires are really good. We've, we've gotten really good umpires now who are really committed to doing a good job and actually love the game and, and don't want to be a part of the game. They just want to come call. and, and uh, then. Uh, but they, uh, it's gotten better, but it's interesting how umpires have different strike zones. You know what I'm saying? So you got to realize mm -hmm. as soon as the game starts, if this guy's going to give the low strike or this guy's going to give it to the letters, uh, and uh, and how much they're going to give off the plate. And usually what they do is give off the outside of the plate, but you got to really pretty pretty get it there on the inside. Coach, you've made me a little nervous and upset here because I immediately – you're talking about the strike zone and not called strikes and non-called strikes. I go back to my senior year in high school, Oxford Webb High School. We're in the playoffs. I throw a pitch outside part of the plate, and I'm thinking strike, third strike, third out. I'm walking off. The, the mound and I hear ball and I'm like you gotta be kidding me my high school coach Howard McCullough who I know you know coach who's now a yep. national scout he couldn't believe it either so what do I do the next two batters I give up back-to-back -back home runs in the playoffs and we lose so I'm over it now though as you can tell <laughs> you're not mad about it are you oh no I can remember a little short guy who was umpiring God almighty. So no, you're not over it. You're not over it. I can tell this is therapeutic for you to talk about this. Yeah. All these as soon as coach, you, you guys talking about getting calls and this, that, and the other, I immediately thought back to the little short guy. Yep. That's what I'll call him. All right. We, we do this podcast on zoom so we can see each other. Coach Haven has a great shirt, a t-shirt. It says Yogi. And the G is in the form of an eight because that was the number that Yogi Berra wore. So compliments on the shirt, Coach. But I go back to the numbers because you wear number nine, and I know there's a story behind that. Yeah, I actually, I, I, I'll try to make it a little bit short, but when I got here, I, uh, 
war number five. And, uh, we, uh, we signed, uh, we signed Colt Morton out of West Palm beach, Florida. And it's really late. Scott Lawler, my assistant at the time and I are in the, uh, kitchen, uh, having late night coffee with his parents. And I look up at the clock and I go, Oh my gosh, look at the time. I apologize being in your house. It's late. And plus we got to be in Daytona beach the next morning to see a, a, a shortstop. So I said, uh, Scott, we got to go. And, and the dad said, Hey, Colt, ask coach your question. And, and uh, he said, no, dad, I'm fine. No, go ahead and ask him. Um, just see what he says. He says, Hey coach, does anybody wear number five at NC state? <laughs> and uh, I said, absolutely. I mean, six, it was six at the time. And I said, absolutely not. And my assistant kicked me under the table. He kicked me because I wore number six and we got in the car. He said, coach, did you forget what number you wore? And uh, I said, no, I didn't forget. I just changed my number right there at the kitchen table. So I changed to five and Chad Ravella, the great shortstop who signed as a pitcher with the Toronto Blue Jays and made it to the big leagues. He came in and wanted number five. And so I gave Chad number five. He made it to the big leagues. And uh, so then I just wore the number of my favorite player outside of Mickey Mantle growing up, Greg Nettles. Greg Nettles, I thought was the best third baseman of all time. And, and I picked Nettles as number and I've worn it ever since. So that's that's how I got into number nine. Better than Brooks Robinson, Coach? I'll tell you what, that's a debate. It's, it's really – it's hard to say he's better than Brooks Robinson or, or for that matter, you know, guys today, uh, Arenado, it's just so many True. great players out there defensively. But uh, it was uh, – he was really, really, really good. And he was – that was my era. And I saw Brooks Robinson play, but obviously I saw Greg Nettles much more. So I was uh, I was a big Greg Nettles fan, and uh, and that's always been my kind of hero. Speaking of defense, you have one of the best defensive teams in the country. The statistics don't lie. And, you know, they certainly pass the eye test when you see this team play game in, game out. How much fun has it been to watch this group play defense? I think, and I don't want to say, people ask me, is this the best defensive team you've ever had? And I hate to use that, uh, I hate to use that term best, but you've had like the, the interview that Jeff Gravely was, that was so unbelievable that I saw this morning, uh, walking the dog uh, with, with uh, Jonathan Diaz, who I still say is the best shortstop I've ever had in 40 years of coaching. And you know how good Trey Turner was and Joe Denan at third base, Evan Mendoza, Evan Edwards. I mean, the list goes on and on. Will Wilson. I mean, we've had so many great defensive players, Patrick Bailey behind the plate, Brett Austin. So I hate to use the term best, but it's hard to say this isn't the best nine players defensively we've ever had at one time. It's hard to argue that's not the best. And, and, and as I think about that, I think about Josh McClain in center field and Brett Williams in center field, Jake Weber in right field um, when I got here. So, but anyway, it's kind of hard to, say this isn't the best defensive team we've had collectively at one time you know you look at guys too that have multiple opportunities at you know put outs and and catching balls your first baseman second baseman outfielders and you look at them and they've got no errors I mean the challenge of that to play a position that that gets so many opportunities to field balls and they don't have any errors or if they do it's one that to me is kind of a testament to, to the defensive stats that you guys have 985 fielding presented and that's tied in the ACC with Notre Dame which is pretty amazing in itself it, it is amazing and I think we made a couple uh 
uh, no offense to you, Jeff, but I don't count pitchers' errors. You know what I'm saying? I, they shouldn't make errors. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but uh, we've had some errors lately. One uh, hurt us in a game against Wake Forest on Saturday on a bunt play that our probably best fielding pitcher uh, did not make the play. And uh, and, uh, and he, he also had an error on a pickoff, which we uh, – we you know, you don't pick a lot of runners anymore. Uh, they changed the rules on box and all this kind of stuff. So there's not as many runners picked. And plus the running game probably isn't as big a part of the game today uh, as it has been in years past. So we uh, – uh, but we've had a couple pitchers errors. I think we were fielding close to 990, which I've never heard of. If you could fill 980 in the old days, it was unbelievable. And like you say, we're tied with Notre Dame. And obviously they play on turf, which uh, makes it a little easier. Yep. Makes it a little easier. But uh, it's uh, – Anyway, uh, defense has been the mainstay of our team all year. We've had ups and downs through the lineup at times. Injuries have, have, have hurt some guys. And, and then pitchers, we had a lot of problems early on in the season with, with injuries and uh, trying to get that straightened out. But defense has been our consistent thing that we've done well all year. And coaches, well, as, a, as a pitcher, and Tony and I talked about this last week, if you're a pitcher knowing that you have a defense behind you, that that's good. I think it affects the effectiveness of how you pitch. You don't have to worry about not giving up runs or giving up this and that. And you hear it all the time. Hey, let the guys behind you make some plays. Well, if you're a pitcher at NC State this year, that is certainly the fact that those guys behind you are going to make the, the plays, the good, the, the consistent plays, and also the spectacular plays. That's got to help your pitching staff. Well, it has. And, you know, Reed Johnston, uh, Sam Highfield, and, and Matt Willison have, have been outstanding on the weekend for us as a starting rotation. And uh, Chris Chris Villeman in the midweek uh, getting us through that game. And uh, then Evan Justice, what he's done, he's just been a workhorse. As a starter early on in the year when Reed was out, and, uh, and then later on as he goes to the bullpen, he's been our workhorse. And uh, Dalton Feeney has uh, – uh, pitch some big innings for us down the stretch as well. And, and uh, he's getting healthy and good. And so, uh, but it's easier to pitch when, uh, when you know you got the guys behind you. If I just get them to put the ball in play, I don't have to strike people out. And it's also easier to play defense with our guys who pitch very fast. When you talk about Reed, you talk about Willison, you talk about Sam Highfield, they pitch at a pretty good pace, Billiman, and that makes it easier to play defense behind as well. I remember texting you after the Virginia Tech series because I thought the single biggest difference in that series, you, you, your team had a sweep. The difference was the defense. They made some mistakes. Your team played airless baseball all three games. The guys were making the plays, but uh, you, and I know you give credit to Chris Hart for this, uh, the positioning on defense in that series was elite. I mean, you guys shifted a lot. They have a bunch of left-handed hitters. You'd have three guys, three defenders on the right side of the infield. They hit some balls hard but it was always right at a well-positioned defender. I know you're an old-school baseball guy, but that's where the game is now you, with analytics, and you see the shifts and the spray charts. The defense responded to what you see in the data. Was it hard to convince you that that's the way to go here in modern-day baseball? we got to start make, taking advantage of these shifts. No, when Chris Hart came to me with that, like, I don't know, six, seven years ago, Coach, we got to start – playing this analytics and we know how old school you are. You're going to be okay with it, with the shifts and stuff. And, and, um, uh, I said, absolutely. Uh, it's the way the game's gone. And, 
and we're going to have to. And I'm sure, you know, there were shifts in the old days, too. Don't tell me the second baseman right. didn't play a little deeper on Ted Williams yeah. and a little bit of the pull side in the old days. So it's uh, – I said, yeah, it's just I'm not the person to convince. The person to convince are the pitchers when they give up a weak ground ball to third base or shortstop, there's nobody there. You know what I'm saying? So it can't be – if we're going to do it, we got to do it 100%. We got to do it all the time, and we got to live with the, the good things that happen, obviously. And then we got to live with the singles that, that they get through the hole where somebody would have been. But it's been amazing to me. And you commented to me as soon as that series was over about it. And and so did John Chef, the coach of Virginia Tech. He said, You guys were unbelievable on your shifts. Uh, and I just said, You wouldn't believe the amount of hours that Joey Holcomb, Chris Hart, uh, Clint Christ were put in to looking at film to they watch every swing all year of every hitter and sometimes they go back a couple years and you wouldn't believe the time they put into it uh, to try to be as accurate as they can with that. Coach you know we talked about the number at the beginning of Tom Glavin had to choose that for you and one of our sponsors uh, of our podcast we have to choose for you as well Hampton Farms wishing nothing but happiness and health from our family to yours Crack open a bag of our in-shell peanuts to bring the stadium experience straight to your living room or backyard. Enjoy with your loved ones to continue making memories from home. Find our in-shell peanuts in the produce section of your local grocery store or delivered to your door from HamptonFarms.com. And one of the things you may have heard on the podcast that is unique, but it's not unique to the times, is you may have heard Coach Avent's dog, right? There he is again on cue. And, and what's neat is, is what we can see on this Zoom is Coach has got a bag of treats that he's tossing back there on the couch, and you ran out. And I just ran out. You know? <laughs> I got great discipline here. I got great discipline. You know, all our dog does is sleep all day, and will do nothing you ask him to do unless you got a treat. If you got a treat, she can sing the national anthem. She can do whatever you want to do. She'll go get the paper. Uh, she'll open the fridge and get you a Mountain Dew, whatever you want to do. Uh, but if you don't have a treat, she does nothing. What's your dog's name, Coach? Uh, Samantha, but we call her Sammy after my lovable and your lovable Coach Sam Esposito. Oh, nice. Nice. He's the guy that built this program. He taught me so much. He, There's not many people at NC State University from the olden days, whether you're Bob Guzzo, uh, whether you're Raleigh Geiger still here, and, and myself. George Tarantini, Jim Valvana, Coach Norm Sloan. There are very few people that don't, don't owe a lot to Coach Sam Esposito. That's for sure. Well, your team has made a remarkable turnaround here. I mean, this is a group that at one time was one and eight in the ACC, and now you surpassed the 500 mark at 14 and 13. States won eight, gone 18 and five over his last 23 games and played very well in the ACC. I remember when your team was struggling a little bit at the beginning. You were saying, hey, we're playing difficult competition. We have a good ball club. I know we got a ball cl good ball club. We got some injuries you got to deal with. But, you know, you, you kept the faith with this group when it, when it was struggling. How important do you think it was for you to stay positive at that time? I, I just think you got to stay real. I mean, whether it's positive or whether it's, it's realistic, you just got to stay real with the players and tell them how you feel. And that's what I try to do. I don't try to blow smoke. I don't try to tell them stuff that doesn't exist. They're smart individuals. I tell these players all the time, you're bigger, stronger, and faster than any athletes that ever came along. And uh, so you can't fool them. You got to be honest with them. 
And uh, so we just told them where we were at when we were one and eight and had three conference series at home, which is supposed to give you advantage. But with the absence of fans, I don't know how much of an advantage it gives you now. And uh, I just said, hey, we're playing 36 conference games this year instead of 30. And uh, we're one and eight. We got a long way to go. If you're talking about nine out of 36, that's like flunking your first test in math and thinking you're going to flunk the course. You know what I'm saying? I mean, you got a long way to go, and let's just stay the course. We know we got to get a little healthier, but let's just uh, – we know we're a good ball club. I really like this ball club. I always told them I like this club, and I always did. So I'm going to like you win or lose. Obviously, I'm going to like you a little better. We can get things turned around, but I like this ball club. Y'all like each other. Let's just keep playing the way we know we can play and see what happens. And and they turned it around, as Coach Esposito always told me. Practice them as hard as you can. Get them as good as you can get them at practice. And then uh, get out of their way and let them uh, get it done. And that's what these guys are doing right now. Uh, we're just staying out of the way and letting them do the work. Coach, let's go back to that kind of turnaround period. So you have the series with Duke that you were going to play. It gets canceled. So you're sitting there at four and six, but you had some time to almost regroup. You come out of that, you beat UNC Wilmington, and then you go to Chapel Hill and sweep North Carolina. How much did that series kind of put the, the, the wheels back on the car, so to speak, because you got great pitching performances by Reed Johnson, Sam Highfield, and Matt Wilson that just kind of turned the whole season around, it seems. It's always good to beat Carolina. It's even better when you sweep them in Chapel Hill. Yeah, which isn't easy to do. And they were playing very well at the time. And and uh, like I say, we had had some challenges. And Reed Johnson, it was his first start. We did, uh, Evan Justice, we had really rode his back, singularly almost, him and Highfield, and, uh, for a while. And uh, he needed a rest. And I told him when he wasn't going to start at Chapel Hill, and he wasn't very happy about it. I said, it's just the way it's going to be. Uh, you need some rest. We're going to put you in the bullpen. You've been carrying a big load for us. We appreciate it. Reed Johnston hops back in uh, the starting rotation. And uh, we went over there and played extremely, extremely well for three days. And uh, so obviously winning on the road, sweeping anybody. And if, when it's your rival, I'm sure that gave them a little more confidence and a positivity. And uh, we've kind of gone good ever since. Yeah. No, mind no, you, our no, podcast, go ahead. Mind you, our podcast is powered by PNC Bank and, you know, we all show our Wolfpack pride in different ways. And one of the things I do when I make purchases, I use my PNC Bank Visa debit card designed just for NC State. In fact, it even has the university bell tower on the front of the card. And it's always with me wherever I go. By the way, PNC customers can request one too. Then you can make purchases anywhere Visa is accepted. It's the perfect way to show your school spirit. Visit any local PNC Bank branch or PNC.com to learn more. PNC Bank, official bank of NC State University and Athletics. Visa is the registered trademark of Visa International Service Association and used under license. PNC Bank National Association, member FDIC. Jeff, go ahead. No, I was just going to say is no, I don't think it's any coincidence that both Johnston Highfield and Wilson are uh, kind of North Carolina natives too. I think they enjoyed that series quite a bit, you know, had a little bit to do something about that. Coach, uh, I want to congratulate you for being named uh, the manager for USA collegiate team this summer. I know you've been a part of USA baseball before as an assistant, but this is your first time as the head coach. How much of a a feather in your cap, is it? And I know you're looking forward to getting an opportunity to lead some of the best college players in the nation to wear the red, white, and blue. Yeah, it's just a great honor. You, uh, I've done it, like I say, 
a couple times before. It's a great organization led by Paul Seiler. Uh, and he's just a terrific person who does an unbelievable job with so many facets that he has to deal with. And then Eric Campbell uh, leads the collegiate. He's a general manager of the collegiate national team. And I've been with him. We were on a plane to Japan. We were on a plane to Taiwan. He and I have been all over the country together and all over the world together. And uh, he does such a remarkable job. So it is an honor uh, to, to be associated with them and, and, and to coach the team this year. And, and the staff we're going to put together is remarkable. It's going to be a remarkable staff. And like you say, uh, some of the, the best college players in our game today, and it's just going to be a lot of fun. It'll be fun this Olympics too, Coach, to be able to click on the television and dadgummit finally be able to see baseball back in the Olympics for the first time in 13 years. I mean, I remember when it was announced that they were not going to be in it and Paul Seiler and the guys have done so much to make that work and, and to have that taken away. But, man, I'm so glad it'll be back in the Summer Olympics this summer. Absolutely. Baseball, uh, you know, baseball belongs everywhere. It's the sport right. that we've all loved, you and I and Tony and so many people, young, old, female, male, it doesn't matter. Uh, baseball just transcends everywhere. And uh, like they say, you know, baseball, hot dogs, apple pie and Chevrolet. <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> that doesn't change. It was that way we were kids. <clears throat> it's that way now. And it's good to see them back in the Olympics. I don't know if some people on listening to the pod will know that commercial, but if you don't Google it, you'll, you'll, you'll have that jingle in your head the whole day. Yep. USA baseball is a great organization. I had, I had the good fortune several years ago to broadcast some of the U S national teams games over in Durham, including when coach Avent was there as an assistant coach. And uh, my broadcast partner during a few of those years was a legendary coach, Jerry Kendall, who of course uh, led the university of Arizona to national championships and uh, Elliot, I know you remember this. We had an opportunity. Uh, I set it up where uh, uh, Coach Kendall and I met you over at Amedeo's and we had lunch that day. And I had the, op it was uh, for me, it was like uh, baseball heaven. I could sit here with these two legendary coaches talking baseball over lunch. But I know, I remember you saying that uh, at that time, Coach Kendall uh, early in your career really helped you out, right? Yeah, Coach Kendall, my first game as a head coach Coach Esposito, Coach Valvano, they talked me into taking the head coaching job at New Mexico State and talked about how ready I was. I remember them getting me in, in V's office and for 30 minutes convincing me how ready I was to become a head coach. I, you know, New Mexico for an Eastern North Carolina boy like me, I had no idea uh, how to get there, where it was, or whatever. And they convinced me how ready I was. And I remember years later, Coach Esposito said, as soon as I walked out the door, V looked at him and said, he don't have a chance. And, uh, <laughs> but I went out to New Mexico. My first game as a head coach was against the university of Arizona in Tucson, Jerry Kendall head coach. And they were ranked number one in the country. And, uh, it was an unbelievable team. I'll tell you the names, Tony, JT snow, Trevor Hoffman, uh, Kevin long, the hitting coach, of uh, the nationals. Now I think he was with the Yankees years ago. And that team was loaded. Um, and, uh, I just thought, boy, I better get back east. You know what I'm saying? I'm not cut out for being out here. Was, that team was unbelievable. But Coach Kendall was such a gentleman. That's the only word to describe him. Played the big leagues for a long time. But as a college coach then, I was just getting involved. And whatever years later, 33 years later, he is the classic gentleman of college baseball coaches. And I'll always remember all the things he did for me. 
Coach, we got to talk about some big names <laughs> that are from your NC State roster formerly. Uh, the no-hitter by Carlos Rodon has gotten the headlines, but his start is just short of phenomenal considering what he's been through to, to be able to pitch again. How have you been able to enjoy what Carlos has been able to do on the mound? Well, it's just been so fun. I remember the night we were playing. He and I talked before the game uh, that afternoon before BP and uh, at our place, and he said he's pitching tonight and pitching against Dan Plezak's nephew. And, uh, you know, Dan Plezak's a good friend of mine and a good friend of the program, and he pitched here. And uh, I think he broke most of your records, actually, while he was here, Jeff. And uh, <laughs> I, pitched, I pitched BP so he wouldn't have to. <laughs> <laughs> hey, so anyway – he, uh, I was excited about that game, and uh, I told Carlos, just go get it. You know, go get it. And uh, I'm going home that night, and while I'm in the locker room getting ready to go home, my phone's blowing up with text. Are you watching Carlos? Are you watching Carlos? So <clears throat> I know something. First of all, he's still in the game. I, it, it should be about the halfway through the game. I know he's still in the game. So I rush home, and uh, – but nobody tells me exactly what's going on. I get home in like the, the uh, <clears throat> sixth inning, like with two outs, and uh, he's got that perfect game uh, going on. So it was so much fun to sit there pitch by pitch and every pitch kind of hang on everything just like the fans did and we all did that night. And, and the start he's gotten off to, he just – he didn't pitch the, the no-hitter. And then, okay, net, every outing, and uh, La Russa, who's seen pretty much a lot of baseball – LaRusso, some of the comments he's making about Carlos are some of the same things that we saw here. And it's just neat to see him having success this year. He's having. I know you talked to him a lot during the offseason, and he was searching for a team. I mean, right. he's a free agent. He doesn't know where he's going to pitch. He doesn't know if, if he's going to pitch. Uh, did he have a, a, a deep faith in himself during that difficult time? And was he still very confident that he could get major league hitters out? Oh, that, that, Tony, that might have been the, the, the most confident I've ever seen him. You know what I'm saying? You go through things in this game, and he went through some tough times, and uh, he went through some injuries, and, and, the, and the rehab that <clears throat> transcends. Uh, while that's going on, he had a couple children, so his life changes mm -hmm. off the field dramatically, uh, built a new house, and he's got a lot of things going on. But this offseason, as he's trying to find a team, is probably the most positive I've ever seen him and the most confident I've ever seen him. And he just wanted to make sure he wound up in the right place. I think he was tickled that he wound up in Chicago. Uh, he felt like he had unfinished business there. And I'm glad the fans of that great city of Chicago are getting to see why he was the first pick of their team uh, years ago. So you can then go to Washington where your boy Trey Turner, uh, the way he keeps hitting, no, no telling how many home runs he's going to hit this year. He's got seven right now. But the other thing that people are talking about is the contract that he is in line for considering what's gone on at that position and the numbers that he's putting up. He might be able to take you out to dinner or maybe even buy you a restaurant, Coach. Uh, he, he never buys a dinner, not because he won't. <laughs> I don't care how much money he makes. We're never going to go to dinner that Elliot Avon doesn't pay if I got five bucks left in my wallet because uh, uh, he uh, – and matter of fact, when he and Brett Austin come back to town a lot, the first thing we do is go to, to lunch or dinner, wherever they want to go. And you, I tell them, pick wherever they want. You'd think they'd pick all the great restaurants here in Raleigh, you know, Ray's, Angus Barn, you know, Sullivan's. You'd think they'd pick all those places. And, uh, no, they always pick something like 
you know, Bo Bojangles or Popeyes. You know what I'm saying? They're just oh, it's the places they missed when they were here. The True. places they missed when they were in college here. But uh, yeah, that uh, those two will never go um, have a meal if I got ten bucks left that I don't pay. Wow, <laughs> you get off on the cheap then if they're going to those two places. Yeah. Well, you know why that is, though, because you are always their coach. And they look at you as coach and say, hey, well, when the, when you guys would go out to eat as a team, hey, coach is taking care of this. So, you know, you, you're still yeah. the coach. Yeah, and they took care of me for so many years and still do. Oh, yeah, there's, not something, there's not something that doesn't happen in my life, which is very special to me, whether it be good or whether it be tragic. There's nothing that doesn't happen in my life that I don't hear from those guys. Well, we were talking about earlier how NC State has rebounded this season. That's because this team stayed together through the tough times, and coming together makes us stronger, and your Carolina Ford dealer is built to lend a hand, is an essential part of the community. Please reach out to a participating dealer to learn more about home delivery and other vehicle service options. After all, you have a lot to take care of. Let them help take care of you. Find out more at buyfordnow.com or contact your Carolina Ford dealer today. Together, we can all keep moving forward. Elliot, I wanted to ask you about all of the players that you have sprinkled around the various minor league systems and teams. Uh, how challenging was it for those guys losing that full year of the developmental process last uh, last summer because of COVID? Well, it's not, Tony, it's not only the developmental process, but you know how the draft works. With the draft used to be 40 rounds and 50 rounds and unlimited rounds. And these organizations are drafting all these players. They got to find somewhere to put them. So if you draft the player, obviously somebody's going to get released off the team. And now you got minor league baseball, which has been shortened a little bit uh, games wise and league wise and team wise. So <clears throat> they not only miss the developmental part of a crucial part of their, you, you can't just take a year off from baseball, you know, it's really funny. We go back to these, um, looking at some of these great, great players of years past, whether it be Joe DiMaggio, my dad's favorite player, or Ted Williams or whatever. And they actually went and served their country in service in the war and came back and still put up these incredible, incredible numbers. If you look at Ted Williams's career, the, the gaps he had serving his country and what he came back and did, it's remarkable. But most people, other than those guys, and maybe the natural Robert Redford in that great movie, most guys can't take time off and come back and play this game. So they they obviously missed a year that they needed to get better and, and uh, keep things going. But they also – there's a couple drafts that are going to go by that can replace them, and uh, it's really tough. I feel for all those guys. Those guys have been through a lot, whether you talk about Brock Detheridge, Preston Palmero. Those guys have gone through a lot, and it's just tough for those guys, and you feel for those guys a little bit. Coach, we're talking about uh, dinners and lunches and and favorite players and all. It got me thinking, all right, so if you could invite four, and I, I asked your freshman this last year, if you could invite four athletes to dinner with you, who would they be? Now, they're, they're, these are people Past that are present. Past or present? Yeah, they can be, yeah. You can bring somebody back from the dead if you want to. I'd love to bring a lot of people back. So I'd say four players that I'd like to bring back uh, and have dinner with. I guess we're going to start with Yogi Bear. Okay, I figured. Lindsay's grandfather. So I'm going to start with Yogi. And uh, I'm going to go Don Zimmer. 
Okay. And and I'm gonna bring the Mick back. Oh yeah. And then I'm gonna bring my daddy back. And oh. the uh, five of us are gonna have a dinner that is gonna be the most memorable dinner I've ever had in my life. That is awesome. What an awesome group. I don't know how much eating would get done, but I know a whole lot of conversating would have gotten done, right? <laughs> yep. Hey, Coach I, knew, I, I knew your daddy. He would have loved having that dinner with those guys. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, I just got to apologize to my dad. He loved Joe DiMaggio. I love Mickey Mantle. But since you only said four, I couldn't bring Jolton <laughs> Joe back. But, Daddy, I'm taking the Mick over Jolton Joe. I'm still winning that argument. So, exactly. So, so, Coach, growing up uh, in in the uh, in the Rocky Mountain area, did you ever ride a tractor? Oh my gosh, I, I rode a tractor. I rode a mule. I rode it anything that would go in a tobacco field. I probably rode. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> a mule. Oh, yeah, that's the way we used to do it back then. I you know. had a mule that pulled the uh, thing that you put the uh, pull. The, we called it a truck, but it was like something you just put the back leaves in. The slide. And, yeah, the slide. Yep, that's what it was. So then you're aware, well aware of LS Tractor because LS Tractor and NC State Athletics are making a commitment to the community. This year, we're honoring frontline workers who go above and beyond and deserve to be recognized. Nominate frontline heroes in your communities to gopack.com slash LS Tractor. Thank you, LS Tractor, for being a partner of NC State Athletics and for making a difference in the community. I knew you had ridden a tractor. We do share that. I didn't, I didn't ride a mule or have a mule on a slide that I remember. <laughs> I tell you what, that's an incredible transition. We go from having dinner with Mickey Mantle to riding a mule. There you go. You <laughs> that never covers know all, that, that, that's what's that, called inside NC State Athletics, right? Yes, there. it is. That's covering all the bases, right? I saw what you did there. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Elliot, thank you so much, man. We appreciate the time. I always and, enjoy you two guys in all sincerity. I think we're off the air now. In all sincerity, you know, we've we've lost Frank Whedon, who was Mr. Tell him Mr. NC State, he was Mr. NC State. <clears throat> but there's and Bruce Weekworth, who's just a wealth of knowledge. And uh, but there aren't any two people that understand the pulse of NC State and what this school is all about and and have so much fun with it and love it and represent it like like y'all two do. You're unbelievable. I tell I tell Packer and Durham all the time, they do a great job with the ACC. Their chemistry is really good together. And it's a really good deal. But you two have that same chemistry, the same knowledge of NC State. You can finish each other's sentences. And you two guys, I mean this sincerely, you're friends of mine. But beside that, you do an unbelievable job for our school. Thanks. Coach, thank you. Appreciate thank it. You enough, man. Appreciate it. All right. Well, we're going to shut around. it down. You all take care. Yeah. And uh, you uh, gladly tell your lovely wife hello. And Tony, give my best to Jessica Mendoza when you see her again. Okay? <laughs> <laughs> That's an inside joke, Jeff. That's an Will. inside joke. <laughs> Will do. Will do. All right. All right. For the coach, for Jeff, I'm Tony Haynes. Thanks for listening. You've been listening to the Inside NC State Athletics Podcast powered by PNC Bank. This has been the Inside NC State Athletics Podcast. Powered by PNC Bank, the official bank of NC State University and Athletics.
Some people just know the best rate for you is a rate based on you with Allstate. Not one based on the driver who treats the highway like a racetrack and the shoulder like a passing lane. Why pay a rate based on anyone else? Get one based on you with DriveWise from Allstate. Not available in Alaska or California. Subject to terms and conditions. Rates are determined by several factors, which vary by state. In some states, participation in DriveWise allows Allstate to use your driving data for purposes of rating. While in some states, your rate could increase with high-risk driving. Generally, safer drivers will save with DriveWise. Allstate Fire and Casualty Insurance Company and affiliates, Northbrook, Illinois.